Sometimes people label Flowchat as like the CRM for DMs because all those people are tagged. They're all put in a pipeline and then just start processing all of those conversations systematically. We can book calls for like 40 bucks compared to like 200 with ads. People are on social on average over five hours a day. They're logging into Facebook alone on average 12 times a day. Does anybody freaking work? Anyone listening, watching, build a sellable company, end of story. I'm never gonna sell, Chris. Doesn't matter. Be thinking of it through that lens because it'll end up being a better company. As you, the business owner entrepreneur, if you don't care, if you're not leading, if you're not believing, who the hell else is? Welcome back, guys. I got a special one for us today. There's going to be many, many reasons why you guys want to listen all the way through this show. I got Chris Baden. He is quite the interesting character. Well, I guess you could say American Ninja Warrior. He was on American Ninja Warrior on three separate occasions. But when it comes to business, this guy has the credibility. And it seems like just in our conversation offline, he's just getting started outside of business and building a eight-figure company, and also building four seven-figure companies. That's a lot of commas, people. He's all about what it takes to be a man, in my opinion, which I love. I like to align with other high-performing men that are about marriage, that are about family, that are about serving a bigger purpose. And it's really cool to have this conversation with him because he is well on track with his recently new venture, Flowchat. It's going to be a nine-figure tech company. We're already speaking that into existence, Chris, but hey, man, appreciate you coming on the show. I'm excited to have some conversation with you, and we had to record because we were sharing some good stuff offline, and I didn't want to miss it. So let's dive in, brother. Thanks for taking the time. Let's let's go. Let's go. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, Tyler. And yeah, yes, I, I'll, I'll receive the nine-figure. <laughs> it's, it's growing in the making. I like it, man. Uh, uh, happy to hang out. So what's, what's like the one thing that you've learned building a eight-figure business, building uh, four seven-figure businesses, and you're on track of building a nine-figure tech company, there's, I'm sure, a lot of takeaways and a lot of different things that you've done very well, things that you have not done so well. But like, what's like one thing that you've consistently done that's worked every single time? Yeah, lot, lots of ups and downs uh, in the journey for sure. Trips to the hospital, ulcers, ha ha uh, heart stopping, you know, uh, stop working for a little bit there. And had to figure it out. But there, there is one consist. There is one thing that I learned in in the second month of my, we'll we'll call it career, uh, in the business. In the my first career is golf. Like I played golf all day every day for ten years. Got a scholarship, Division One scholarship in in college, and that was kind of like my you know first career as I call it. But after I transitioned out of that and into commerce, my second month in. Um, I learned a lesson that shaped the, the rest of my, my career as of today. And that was this, uh, it was a, a B2B commission only sales job. So I was in the payment technology industry. So like credit card processing, payroll services, stuff like that. So I'm like 20, nothing going into these businesses. I'm like, Hey, here's why you should process millions of dollars with me. And I know nothing about life and business, but it's going to go great. Let's do this. And, uh, it was a really hard bitch in my second month. I'm working 70 plus hours uh, a week, easy, do this the whole month. Guess how much money I made, Tyler? Seven months, you said? Uh, uh, so 70 plus hours a week. And I did that each week for the entire month. And so in that whole month of what is that? 140, you know, 280 plus hours of, of work. 
How much do you think I made? 100% commission. 100% commission. Well, you didn't seem too confident. So uh, I'm going to say maybe you paid rent in Vegas at the time, which now is not the case, but a couple thousand bucks. That would have been a dream. (laughs) I I only made $800. And as I'm, I'm looking at my bank account and this $800, I'm, I'm mad. I'm pissed. I'm upset. I'm like, dude, I'm show, I'm the first one there. I'm last one to leave. I'm like, call it, you know, I'm putting the hours in. I'm doing the smiling and dialing and cold calling and all the things I'm being told to do. Maybe anyone listening, watching this, it's like, why am I like, you're stuck, you're frustrated. And you're like, why can't I break through? Um, that's where I was. And I learned something really, really uh, pivotal in that moment. I learned that, you know what? No one cares. Nobody cares how hard I worked, how many hours I spend. They don't care. And I learned, comma, that that's okay. So I don't get paid to work. I get paid to produce results. I don't get paid to work. I get paid to produce results, not only for myself, but for other people. And as I thought about it more, I'm like, okay, well, for me to get results, I have to get other people results. So how do I get them results? This is what I'm thinking. This is like, you know, young Chris <laughs> thinking mm-hmm. through these things. And I was like, huh, well, a couple, a couple takeaways that I had, I was like, one, any conversation I have for the rest of my life, it's, I will never put any pressure on that person to have to buy or have to sell, you know, being commission only or commission breath or all the other, like, you know, salesy, like phrases that people make up. I'm like, it's not their problem that I need to close deal deals to make rent and eat food. Is and the way that I overcome that is through volume. If I talk to enough people, I don't dude, I it's numbers, man. Like I'm gonna have way more business than I need because I've actually done the real work. And when you start doing the real work, there's no more guesswork. Yeah. And and I want to interrupt you there because you're totally right. I believe that in business leads solve most, if not all problems. But when it comes to leads, it's all about getting the right lead in business. Yeah. We like to use a terminology, client avatar, client avatar in business is who are we trying to serve and or people that we're trying to serve. So it's a specific demographic. It's maybe a white male that's in his late twenties in the Midwest and makes roughly X amount of money and has these hobbies, right? Getting in, obviously we can go much deeper when it comes to that client avatar. But when it comes to getting leads and it comes to making sales and collecting cash in that sales commission job that you're referring to and or just business in general, it doesn't matter if you work 70 hours, you had 70 appointments, whatever, it's the result. It's collecting the cash. It's getting the right avatar. And that's essentially what you're doing at Flowchat, right? Is you're helping people just, hey, that's cool that you can work hard, but like we need to work smart and yeah. we need to get results. Well, and to, to like, you know, on the, on the other same, same topic, um, but saying it, you know, in a, the other way is let's say that you work five hours or you work an out, like they don't care if you get them the result, you increase the standard of their living, you, you save them time, you make them money, they will like you, they will buy, they will refer. End of story. So it's just reprior, it's re-optimizing around what matters. It's the result thing. And so one way that I was suggesting that that takes place is volume. And, and you're saying it leads, man, you have enough leads of, you know, ICP, ideal customer profile or avatar, you're, you're, you're going to be good. The second thing that I would say for people 
And you, you can, these are three key ingredients that really help me get results for other people. These three ingredients. Number one is listen. Listen, which means you have to ask a lot of quality questions in order to listen to the, you know, what are their pains? What are their pleasures? And, and there's a lot of thinking of how to ask great questions and timing in different contexts and industry and yada, yada, yada. But simply, if you're talking more than you're listening, that's something you can immediately change. The second thing, second bullet point is practicing empathy. Spend, actually, I'm going to share a quick story on this one. Um, what, one of those companies was running an insurance agency and, and we sold over a million dollars of premium in a year uh, in our first year and had a small team of five. And I was listening to one of the reps like, on the other, Tyler, on the other end of the call, the person was like, yeah, I'm just like, sorry, I'm a little disoriented. Like my, my dad just died like five hours ago or in, uh, yesterday or something. And, and the guy does this, he pauses for a little bit and he's like, okay, so do you want to get started with the auto policy tomorrow? I was like, no, what are you, what are you doing? The response was even crazier. There, he was like, oh yeah, um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess today was okay. And I was like, you heartless monster. Like, you know, like uh, the thing moved forward, but I was like, that is the opposite of what I would say you should do. <laughs> okay. Um, so practicing empathy, what does that mean? Like, just take 10 seconds and consider, acknowledge what the other person is not only saying, but what they might be feeling. What I, in other words, it could sound like this. What I hear you saying is this, and it seems like you might be feeling like stuck here or like you're really excited about that part. Am I, am I hearing this right? It's that type of communicative framework uh, that really helps not just connect logically by listening, but emotionally, you know, empathetically. And when you can consider that, it actually gives you uh, a lot of other creative ideas of which direction to go. And then it will tell you kind of the top one or two that they're most likely going to be uh, selecting, which leads into the third point. It's creatively solving problems. So number one is listening. Number two is practicing empathy. And number three is creatively solving problems. See, Tyler, I was stuck in this business to business, like commission only lifestyle. But side note, I had never sold anything before in my life. I was terrible. And when I do all the freaking like, you know, personality stuff, I didn't fit that rock star salesperson. So I was like, oh, you're not like a top candidate. You're I was like, story of my life, you know, like never the freaking, you know, I was, I'm always the underdog that eventually became the number one player on the team. Or like, I was the, always the last one to finish tests in school. And I hated school it was, it does not fit. I'm like too ADD or whatever. Like I just don't fit that like learning style, but I graduated at the top of my class. And so there's this pattern of like, I'd never freaking fit the mold, but I always find a way to be excellent and and serve people and to the highest of my ability. So listening, practicing empathy, and creatively solving problems ended up being the ingredient that really worked for me to serve people and to get them the best results, which in turn started working, man. So like in that first job, I became the the youngest territory manager in the country. And and then in some um, like aspects, I was the top sales rep in the, this is a fortune like 900 company. Um, and, you know, I was the top sales rep, but I'd never sold anything in certain areas uh, within like 18 to 20 months. And I was like, oh, there might, you know, there's some momentum here. There might be something here. So as you started getting that momentum, what made you want to transition out of essentially being a 1099 employee employee, right? Like what made you want to go from employee to entrepreneur? 
That's a great question. So the reason I took that job is the answer to the question. And I took that job because I was like, wait a minute, hold on. You're telling me that I'm going to get paid to go make friends with a bunch of business owners. And because I'm selling credit card processing, I get to see all of their numbers. Okay, I'll take the job because I wanted to see what business ultimately I was going to start. I just, I had this, I don't know. I just didn't really think about it. I, I wasn't like, I need to go get a job. I was more like, well, how much money do I want to make? I'm like, mm, hundred grand sounds like a good number. It's more than any of my friends. Like, let's do that. You know, when how, I'm how like, you, by the way, I was, uh, it's 24, uh, 23, how, how old are you now? 36, 36. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, 12 years ago, I mean, uh, credit card processing, that wasn't really much of a thing as it is now, I would assume. I mean, it was, but yeah, like it's, it's funny, like in, you know, at that point, like it's, there's a, there's a ton of different, there's really like four main, you know, networks. And then there's all these ISOs, independent sales organizations, like it's their own brand and like process through us, process through us. And it's like, it's insanely saturated, right? Everyone's calling business owners five, eight times a day. Let me see your statement. I'll save you money. Let me see your statement. And so anyone listening and thinking like, oh, it's too late to get into content or it's too late to do outreach, or it's too late, it's too hard or competitive to do ads. Listen, the world is always going to be competitive. And you know how easy it is to just find yourself, we're not even talking top 5% or even top 10% in industry. Let's talk about top 20%. And if you're even top 40, top 30, you still can make a real, run a really profitable business, right? Those companies you're referencing earlier, those are all in different industries. It's not like I'm like, I'm the Tiger Wood that's always been golf or like the Panda Express guy that's like, I've done orange chicken for 45 years and I make a billion, you know, in cash a year. Uh, I think he's got a place in Vegas too. And anyway, so there's, it's not that story. Um, But what I have, what I have done is uh, just like, I knew that I wanted to keep, you know, building my own thing. And, and if I really, Tyler, if I was honest, really knew what this whole freaking entrepreneurship thing was going to be like, I don't know that I would have done it in the beginning. Now it's too late, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in now and, and it's like, it's the thing, but like the thing that makes it challenging is that there's all these micro skills, you know, that you have to develop to like really not only establish, but sustain, right? It's easy to like do a campaign or like build a company, get off to a hot start. But when you really got to onboard solid and deliver solid and get into retention and resell and build culture and brand, those are all unique skills. And they just like, you got to freaking rep it out. Like you got to just do it and be around people that are really good at it. And, you know, that whole ecosystem is known as a, a product or service or a company, at least the successful ones. What industries did you see were making the most money when you were doing the, because that's, that's what you said that you got in the business for, uh, going from employee to entrepreneur, you know, that's, that's great insight. I think that there's more to it than that. Like, I think a big thing that we say as entrepreneurs is like, man, it's just way harder than people realize. There's a reason why businesses fail. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's obviously cash, cash flow. And that's why me, I'm a big component of leverage, leveraging other people's time and uh, leveraging other people's money. So understanding how to get business lines of credit, understanding how really the economic machine works. For those interested, links below, I can help you out. But the point of what I'm getting at is, is uh, it's like, okay, you want to build 
a business or you want to be successful or you want to be a, a, a high level executive, a cheat code in doing that is going to work for a company that is proven, right? Yeah. So I think that uh, a lot of people get a little too stuck on like, should I go to college or should I just start working right away? Or should I start an online business right away or whatever? Uh, and, and sometimes it, it's best to put in those 10,000 hours. It's best to work 70 hours a week and then realize like, okay, well, nope, school is not for me. College is not for me. Or nope, being an employee is not for me. But what it does, it's, it's a cheat code. It collapses the time of you going, wow, I learned from this multimillionaire business owner that taught me the importance of building culture, building proper communication, building relationships, building systems, processes, and understanding how to automate, how to delegate, how to hire people, how to fire people, and doing it on their dime, doing it on their reputation, and then making that transition when you want. So I think that's essentially what you're saying is, I just want to go in and learn, but I also want to get data and I also want to make money. So what a better way to get into, uh, you know, the merchant business, right? Of seeing what companies are swiping and what their revenues and what their numbers are. And then I'll peel back the onion layers to say, do I want to go in that industry and or those industries or build my own business within those? So that long-winded response I just gave you, I'm curious to see like what, what were some things that you discovered in that process? Yeah. So let me, let me chunk this down into three phases. Okay. So like the first phase of entrepreneurship, I would deem as like, you know, I'll niche down, do the, do, like, um, give yourself some space to try and experience, you, you know, you, you learn yourself a little bit, uh, you learn where you fit in the business world. Right. So like I fit more on the sales side, uh, than I did originally, like, uh, like the ops or like engineer coder or, you know, like that wasn't my, my zone that I, the skill set that I was going to double down in. Right. So you, my point is like, you give yourself some space and grace on, you know, where, where phase one, where, where uh, do I fit in this, this business world? Okay. Phase two is, Ooh, there it is time to double, triple down. It might make sense to first partner with a company you could say it that way like be an employee like you're saying like jobs are i think are highly overrated or underrated you know like in the entrepreneur like world or whatever it's like oh job it's death it's like ah, actually you're getting paid to learn um you know sometimes it can if you have the right you know mindset and approach to knowing what you're doing that phase two is the double triple down and then phase three is one that most people will never get to um, but it's really understanding where where you're most valuable at, which helped you build and exit some of your own companies. Uh, and then in you're getting, but you're able to repeat that process with multiple at the same time, uh, i.e. roll-ups or different strategies where it looks like, wow, but look at, they're diversified. They're doing multiple things. It's like, actually, if you look really closely, they're doing one thing, but they they're so efficient and proficient at it that they can do it for multiple companies at one time, which it took a long time to build that stock value. So those are kind of the three phases of the journey that I break down, specifically that you're asking, like, what did I learn in the processing thing? I learned this, Tyler. I am not interested in a restaurant. <laughs> lots of people, lots of moving parts and logistics, low margin, and I'm sure there's other, you know, there's somebody out there like Chris, Chick-fil-A franchises are the way, man. Like, or this, you know, look, like obviously it's an industry and people are, that are do, people are doing really well in it. You can make a dollar 
all kinds of ways. I, but you're asking me personally and personally, I'm like, I am not attracted to that business model. What I was drawn to, um, you know, I ended up going into tech. I was like, whoa, like, what is this thing, you know, where I can work on, I had geographic freedom, right? Because my parents worked for the airlines growing up. And so I spent a lot of time with babysitter. Uh, now I'm, I feel like I was blessed with great parents and, and know them, have a relationship with them. Very grateful for them. Uh, but they were gone a lot. And, um, and, uh, for, you know, when I started having kids, I've got three kids now, Tyler, seven, six, and three. And, um, you got all the time in the world, man. You know, I'm just chilling. I'm just, yeah. chill. my, my, my wife, here's a funny side story. You know, my, I was like, babe, like she was out doing her thing. Like just, you know, I don't know, like getting some space, being an adult away from the kids. And it was like a Saturday. And, and so I had the kids for the day. She comes back. It's like, oh, how's it going? I was like, I'm just chilling. And she's like, I don't think you know what chilling means. And it's like, I've got the kids. I like finished all the dishes, like sorted the laundry. We went to, you know, like the, the park and we, you know, they were doing their writing and cause we homeschool. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm just hanging out. I don't know. Some call it crazy. I call it Saturday, whatever. Um, and bro, yeah. that's it right there. I want to interrupt you because that's what I've noticed with people. It's like an entrepreneur can be loading the dishwasher, throwing clothes in the washer and dryer, uh, setting stuff out for dinner while knowing they have a meeting in four and a half minutes and knowing that they have to uh, go fire somebody and or hire somebody. And they're like, yeah, hey, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> yeah. This is how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm almost like in an entrepreneur world, I'm almost embarrassed to say that I was like, I was doing the, you know, doing the, like there's no badge of honor that I was like doing that. Like I've, I've been told I should get a no pair. And I was like, ah, like, you know, you have business world and like, you know, team and system, team and system. I was like, there's other parts of my life where I know I should be implementing and executing and I'm just dragging my feet. But um, the last thing I'll outsource is time with my kids. Um, you know, it's like we, that, that's a interesting dynamic where, and there's, there's no judgment. There's all these different models and ways to do it. And, you know, we're all just trying to like figure out what works for us. But, you know, for me, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, so you have someone come watch the kids so that you can do this, this. I was like, why do you just pay them to do the stuff that you don't care about anyway, so that you can just hang out with your kids? I was like, I don't know. To me, it's like that simple, but you know. yeah, it's like, why would you not pay somebody to, uh, clean your house yeah. versus paying a babysitter? Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm curious to hear, I'll, I'll come back to the business stuff. What, what do you guys do in Vegas? You get, you take the kids to the casino, you guys go, uh, you know, to the strip clubs and stuff. How, yeah. We hit it hard out here, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, they're learning some some new moves for cash and skin cells. You know, that's what I. No, okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, dude, it, like Ve Vegas is what it is. You know what I mean? It's what happens in Vegas. Actually, doesn't stay in Vegas if someone doesn't actually know that. But, dude, it's it's really a, it's really a cool place. Like, for example, if you go in the northwest part of town, there's national, uh, like the national park Red Rock. Like, dude, it's badass. People come from all over the world to do some of the hikes and rock climbing. In fact. I think, is it Alex or Adam? Like there's that documentary on, on Netflix, the dude that climbed 4,000 feet without a rope. Oh yeah, across the, uh, the, uh, was that the Yeah, it was like in Utah, El Capitan or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, that and cool. anyway, like dude doesn't have a rope, climbs 4,000 feet, like, uh, or it was like four hours and however many thousands of feet. Insane. In it was the most uncomfortable documentary to watch. You're like, oh my God, is he going to fall and die? Like, what is, I'm so uncomfortable. And he like trained for, anyway, 
like he lives here and like he this is where he like goes and climbs and uh and then in the the southeast part of town uh do we love wakeboarding and like wake surfing and all that so there's lake mead um you can and it's it's warm because it's friggin a thousand degrees in vegas all the time um, you were finding bodies in the barrels from the <laughs> mafia side note the mafia is popular in vegas <laughs> So yeah, they were stuffed in the oil thing and you know, the, some of the drought is like, you know, uh, they're yeah. Uncovering some of those stories. So, uh, don't drink the water. I get, I don't just like wakeboard. Anyway. Yeah, man, there's all like, look wherever you live, there's trouble wherever you live and you're, you're going to find what you're looking for. And so, um, you know, like we're, we're in a dude, I, I drive a minivan, you know what I'm saying? And loving it. And, uh, uh, trophy dad over here. But dude, like that's like, you know, what, what are you, what are we building our businesses for? Uh, I, I wanted to be able to be present, you know, with my, in my, I want to build a lifelong marriage, world impacting family in a nine figure tech company. And I didn't, I don't come from a place like a background where that was possible. You know, people would say, well, you can't have it all, Chris, or like, I don't know, stupid stuff like that. But in, inside I was like, I don't believe you uh, like, and like, why not? I just had more of those questions and, you know, it wasn't till like a year, year and a half later that I found myself in a mastermind where I'm like, everybody is that. Um, almost everybody is pursuing marriage and family and building quality businesses that actually make a difference in the marketplace and, and serve. Um, while a world impact, like a lot, something that we don't really ever, we certainly don't like market or really ever talk about, but like we've already funded seven water wells and like the fifth one just got completed. And uh, that one's in, in India. Like there's just all these other projects. Like I want to be around people that are like building and creating and doing and thinking and growing. And I'm like, life's short, man. Um, like let's do stuff. Is your, uh, does your wife work or is she full-time mama? Uh, she, uh, she is a full-time mama and uh, she is a worship leader. Um, it's not like really a job, but she's led worship like most of her life and does it still oh, like wow. at least a couple times, uh, a, a month now. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, uh, she's got to go confess every Sunday when being in Vegas. <laughs> that <makes sense>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So I had, uh, had quite the journey. It kind of started with, uh, ayahuasca doing ayahuasca, but at three times and nice when we'll start having some breakthroughs, um, and in March, about yeah, six, seven months ago, I tore my Achilles, and in that mm, process, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, so and I'm a diehard. I think I talked about this in some previous shows. I'm a a diehard Packers fan. Uh, so <laughs> nice. Aaron Rodgers fan. <laughs> Didn't he just get hurt? Yeah. So he he obviously you know made some headlines and you know talked about ayahuasca and he had some comments to say about like COVID and all that stuff, which all of it I aligned with. Uh, but first game, he plays for the Jets now. And uh, first game, he tore his Achilles. Like, was Achilles a week ago. Yeah. And I was like, man, we're, we're in a matrix. But uh, the reason why I'll say all that is like using uh, psychedelics, working with plant medicine, ayahuasca, uh, it led me, one of the many pieces that led me to, uh, to God. And it's been still quite the journey. And, uh, it's very, uh, very interesting. It's a very interesting process in the times that we're in of manifestation, the times that we're in with technology, the times that we're in with intuition and 
uh, being open and free and, and all these different things, which is great, right? Like, yeah, sure, you can be open and free. You can, I think, be into whatever you want. But uh, man, what is blowing my mind like every day, and I still feel like I know 0.0001% of it, is just the Bible in general, like how much wisdom's in there. Yeah. And look, man, I, I'm still very early on in this journey, uh, but I'm like, I feel like it's every single thought that you've ever had. Every human, if you've ever thought of anything, like there's some type of like story or something that is shared in the Bible. There's just tons of tons of wisdom. So yeah, uh, that's what's been interesting to me. If like if you're somebody that wants to be a high performer, you're in a personal development, you're in business development, uh, you want to be a better person. I think that the Bible is worth considering diving into, and that's just my true belief, man. I think that anyone and everyone can get some type of uh, wisdom from it. And again, man, like I still barely know how to pronounce half the words in there. So, trouble for me. It's so true, man. Yeah, wis- wisdom is a really interesting and powerful word. If you break it down uh, in in Hebrew. Um, some of the root meaning of it is to establish and sustain. And so it helps grow and sustain. And, and you know, despite worldview or, or belief or whatever, you know, fortunately, like, you know, like I, I was baptized when I was 14, you know, and so I've, you know, been actively pursuing and following Christ since then. I, I maybe I should be more vocal about it than I, I really am. But um, so, you know, everyone listening, watching, like, there, you can put me in a box, like, you, you know, you know a little bit more about me, but anyway, you just lost half of your followers and you just lost half your business, bro. You thought <laughs> I wasn't that popular anyway, you know? Um, but like the, the, uh, you know, like for, for value for anyone listening, watching, like just despite worldview, um, I mean, if you care about, you know, growth and you care about those, you know, around you in your life, like, I agree with what you're saying, Tyler. Um, like the, 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 the Bible has been such a impactful, and challenging in a good way, a uh, piece of text in my life. And I've consistently, you know, you know, been reading it just about daily for decades uh, at this point, just over two decades. And so, but if you look at from a leadership standpoint, from a business standpoint, from even a marketing and sales standpoint, you got to consider Christ. Like read the red text, go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, look at the, the quote, the campaigns that he was running. If you look at it through those filters, it's still, it's still crazy. So like I read all the books, man. Like I just finished 10X is easier than 2X and the gap and the gain going through some of the Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan stuff. And like, I love all those different books and gone through it. But a lot of the principles and the values I've already read like years ago. And, but I didn't know that I was reading them, that's, you know? That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I realized. I'm like, every time I come up with something good that I'm like, oh, yo, no one's ever thought of this. I'm a genius. No one's better than you. <laughs> Yeah. And then like, I'll run it by a buddy that's like a pastor or somebody that understands the Bible way more than me. And they're like, oh yeah, that's what blah, 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 six, nine, four, 20 said. And I'm like, oh, dang, that sucks. I thought I made that up. (laughs) No, I guess not. Yeah. But what you're saying from a business standpoint, right? Like if you want to, I guess, like zoom out even more and, um, you know, it's like, okay, how did you get all these followers? Do you? And yeah, what, what, what's on social media now followers, right? It's crazy when you see like the synergy with it. And that's just, it, it literally hurts my brain sometimes where I'm like, oh yeah, dude, you're literally running a campaign. You're running funnels. You're getting leads. You're, you want to talk about referral and word of mouth, bro. Yeah, bro. Like the highest (laughs) word type of lead. 
Always <laughs> converting type of lead. His CAC yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. nuts when you think about it and you're like, oh boy, yeah. yeah. Uh, LTV is eternal, no big deal. You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> what's the margins you know, as man? This is yeah. pretty scalable at this pace. Yeah. yeah. But um, let's, and, and one thing too is like, the Bible is technology. I think that the the scripture and the information in there is actually technology. And so I find that interesting that you were naturally uh, guided and naturally interested in in technology with Flowchat, which I want to come back a little bit to the business side. I don't, yeah. don't want to, you know, go down a, a, that, that path a little bit too much, which, well, look, I am down to see what gets here down. But anyways, with Flowchat, what you're doing is, the, the business, the structure, the whole purpose of it with Flowchat is helping people make more money. What I mean by that is you're using uh, technology or you're using all the fancy words we hear in business now when it comes to systems, automations, AI, where you are building lists, right? You're building specific lists of people that are qualified. They meet the client avatar and or the client avatars, the customer profiles that you fill out that Somebody is trying to sell something to them, whether it's a product, a service, or both. And Flowchat, what that does is it leverages social media to find those people, whether it's through Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, other social media platforms. It builds out a list and then it, it starts creating conversations because from conversations and quality conversations, that leads to conversions. So hopefully I nailed that correctly. I'm excited to dive into it myself because uh, if you can't, get on the phone and or just in modern times, like everyone's DMing each other or sending messages here and there. But also it's a numbers game, right? Like it's way better to have a thousand conversations or 10,000 conversations to get a hold of the 10 people and then be able to get on the phone with those 10 people and just eliminate all the nonsense and all the noise that doesn't really matter, which is ultimately what matters and what's results, which is what we talked about at the beginning is conversions. Collecting yeah. gas. Yeah. Well, what's what's cool is like the the theme that I was describing. You kind of referenced earlier of of results has never changed, and and that's why I was like grateful to learn that earlier on. I was like, oh, you know, it always is results, and so that's always been the thing that I've I've optimized around because ultimately that like that's the greatest act of service. And those that are are you know as you build your skills and talent, you're listening, practicing empathy, creatively solving problems to get other people. Uh, more results. And so Flowchat is kind of in this lead gen bucket. And the main, the you know, this project we've been working on for over two and a half years now. And uh, it's been fun. And we we just, we saw this gap, we saw this hole. Um, we're using our own, you know, CRM. And, uh, you know, like there's a, a HubSpot, high level, you know, pipe drive, whatever, whatever CRM someone's using, we're like, cool, email, awesome, SMS, cool you know, like do all the things. We like all things that bring us new customers. As long as the CAC is lower than LTV, less rock, you know? So I, I'm not one that was like hating on all these different methods. No, they all work as long as you do them well. But the gap that we saw, it's like, where's the, like the CRM and the system for DMs on social? Oh, by the way, when you're doing, dealing with DMs, people, when I started studying the numbers, I was like, people are on social on average over five hours a day they're logging into Facebook alone on average 12 times a day. Does anybody freaking work? I was like blown away by the numbers, but I was like, dude, there's way more attention here than I realized. Everyone generally knows like, yeah, everyone's on social media a lot. Oh no, I don't really scroll just two hours a day. You know, those are the 
barely scroll. Like no one's really, oh, I think, fully aware or honest about how much time they're really on social. I'm speaking at some other mastermind thing and it's all entrepreneurs in the room. And they're like, yeah, da, da, they're telling me this amount, that amount. I was like, pull your phones. Go to watch, go to screen time. Oh my gosh, mine. I was like, there you go, okay? So just like you're freaking, you think, your same customers are telling themselves the same damn thing. And while they're ignoring your SMS and they're ignoring your email, they're on the freaking toilet scrolling through social, getting your notification in your DM. And so, okay, so, yeah. so what you're saying really quick for those that are not following that, which is, hey, look, you can look on your phone and you can see that somebody is literally on their Google mail, right? On, in their email for 47 minutes a day, but they're on Instagram four hours a day. So there's a likelihood that we're going to capture that person that is on something for four hours than versus 47. Yeah, please play the odds. Like as a marketer and a, an entrepreneur, now like me personally, dude, I suck at, I, I suck at social media, like socially, right? But from a business standpoint, I was like, okay, I need to get over my own like mental, emotional, blah, 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 whatever around social. I just need to look at this as a business tool. And so I, that's what I did. And I was like, this is what the numbers say. I, I want to go where the attention is uh, as a marketer and entrepreneur. And so I started to, you know, understand the language and the, and really like, how do you connect? It always comes back to connection. If you put me at a live event or some networking event where you do emails, you do estimate, it always is like, how do you just connect with people in like a genuine real way? Um, and so, you know, we found those patterns. Uh, you can go on Facebook groups and in like import members and, you know, qualify, you know, weed out the ones that don't make sense to talk to, save their time and your time. And then you can start having very personalized, directed conversations that get awesome open rates. They get awesome delivery. They get awesome click through and conversion rates uh, for sales. And so like even even with Flowchat, like we did, we did cold outbound only. We can do inbound too, but just to prove a point. You know, like we would be booking calls and doing demos and showing people stuff. And they're like, well, how do you, how do I know it works? We're like, it already did. That's why we're on this call. They're like, oh, right. I, we did it that way just for the integrity of the thing. You know, it's yeah. like, if, if you're, if this thing is so good, then like do it yourself, eat your own food, eat your own cooking. And, you know, we, we did over 2 million in sales, like cash collected on a lower ticket deal in 21 months. I'm not saying that's a lot. But I'm also saying it's something that works and shouldn't be ignored. So anyone listening, watching, or I encourage other entrepreneurs, like, listen, like, don't stop what works, but also don't ignore DMs and having those systems and processes in your business because there's millions of dollars just waiting there with the attention. Yeah. And we were talking about Ryan Pineda. He's a successful entrepreneur investor there in Vegas in your backyard. And is he one of your your clients that uses the Flowchat that, you know, essentially automates DMs? And for those that do not know Ryan, and again, he's a serial entrepreneur, he's an investor, he makes, from my understanding, um, you know, millions of dollars a year and, you know, Perfect. quite successful when it comes to real estate. Um, but how, how are clients like Ryan and other people, like, how are you building, how is it built out? for that particular user so everyone doesn't sound and look and feel the same. But then also, I mean, dude, I get like so many DMs a day that's just, you know, trash, just spam. So <laughs> yeah. how, how are you avoiding being those accounts? Okay, 
So this is a fun topic to talk about. Here's why. Oh, Chris DMs. I don't want to be one of those people. Guess what? No, that's good. Like, don't be one of those people. And and people often look at it like, oh, I don't want to do it because everyone sounds like an idiot in DMs. I look at it like this. I'm like, bro, that's all the competition. You know how easy it is to stand out? <laughs> They're all saying this, being a moron. Like, if you just reach out with a compliment, like you'll get a 20% plus open rate or like response rate. And, you know, you're, there's no like collateral damage uh, on your brand. You're building culture. You're just being a human and reaching out. But people like get into this weird spot like they just have to sell right away. It's like, dude, you're just connecting with people. And so I like to think of it as the spectrum on the on the, you know, one end of the spectrum. It's like you send a th you know, message with the link and buy now and everyone hates you. And on the other end of the spectrum, you're just chatting forever and everyone hates you. And you you want to be somewhere like in the middle or in my opinion, the middle or closer to the just like get the buying process going because um, so, it's a little more efficient. And so we yeah, I mean, there's there's we see all the patterns and in, in different industries and um, where look, you you you're sending initial message, you're building some type of rapport and then you ask a question or two and then you can get into your ask and you can do that with with rapport being built like the social equity is there and mind you your ask isn't a, necessarily a sale it's a lead magnet it's value it's relationship building it's it's that type of thing done well because you know your full customer journey and so the ones that know their numbers and set it up that way they crush there is one other thing i should i should share though tyler you mentioned ryan like he, he is using flowchat and and there's there's multiple other entrepreneurs that are eight figure, multi eight figure like businesses that are, you know, leveraging Flowchat. And there's solopreneurs that are like just starting out that are using Flowchat. Um, for for businesses that are, you know, a little bit further along in their journey, you know, you, like you can have cold outbound campaigns going. Uh, they're great. They still work. We still have them going in ours. At the same time, you can also do inbound. Yeah, share with like a, a cold outbound. Like, what do you mean? Like share the differences. Um, I, I would label cold as like you guys haven't connected yet and you're you're initiating the relationship and conversation via DM. So maybe like you're like me sending you a DM. Yo, you got a good stroke game, my guy. You, uh, you're you hitting that core pretty well there in Vegas. <laughs> Killing it on the course, you know, like, it, you know, and then you come back, you know, maybe there's a response and you're going back and forth or yeah, like that would be you're starting a conversation yet we haven't like met somewhere before, right? So I would deem that as cold. Um, and then, but on the inbound side, um, like in Ryan's case, something that he does, I mean, the dude sells m multiple eight figures a year uh, between all his, his portfolio, right? And his multiple companies. A really effective sales strategy, he's really open about this, is he's doing a reel with a uh, DM me media or DM me content, DM me a keyword, and he's driving all the traffic into his DMs. And when it goes there, you can have an automated response that uh, you know, delivers a lead magnet timely. People want things fast. And when that happens, it's automatically created a contact card in Flowchat to where now you can get that second or third uh, follow-up touch. And the fortune's in the follow-up. Wh where do we all get stuck? We get stuck in that little freaking inbox where you have to scroll forever, right? So the more this grows, if you have to remember like, 30 or 40 or 60, that alone two or 300 or more people, bro, even if you have a team scrolling and trying, it's not going to work. 
And so sometimes people label Flowchat as like the CRM for DMs because all those people are tagged. They're all put in a pipeline. You can have a team log in and then just start processing all of those conversations systematically. And like, I'm, I'm really not that smart, Tyler. You know, like, here's our secret sauce. How many people are you talking to a day? 10? Mm, okay, okay. Here, I, got, I got it. We're going to talk to 20 a day. <laughs> or you're talking to 20 a day? Mm, here's how we talk to 100 a day. It's going to work great. Check this out. Like, that's all we're really helping people do. It's just the tech and the systems make it possible. So the outbound would be like me uh, integrating Flowchat to go reach out to this specific list, maybe people that are following the top 10 yeah. big list uh, real estate entrepreneurs yes. that's liking the post, they're commenting. That's, that's, that's Flowchat designing an automation, a system, leveraging AI, leveraging all these fancy things and, and uh, doing touch points with those people. But then the, the second piece of this, which Ryan, uh, Ryan Pineda's, shout out to him, he, he seems to be doing a great job on this, is having a call to action on yep. your organic content that says, hey, if you want to learn more about real estate, comment in my DMs. I must said comment below, but you know, send me a DM real estate. Uh, and so what that does is if I go type, uh, I send him a DM real estate, there's an automation that says, boom, shoots him over a link, might take him to a VSL video sales letter or to his website, or to a specific course, or a specific ebook, whatever he wants to push out in that campaign. Yeah. But then most importantly, uh, which as I'm talking through this, I don't know why Facebook, Meta, Instagram, whatever the hell they're... <laughs> yes, heard that a lot. Like, essentially what you're saying though too is, boom, now anyone that says real estate in the last 12 months, in the last 12 minutes, whatever, it's going to the CRM of Flowchat and that is uh, given the opportunity to get those seven touch points that they say that you need to have in order to get a sale. That allows you to organize the info. That allows you to uh, take that conversation deeper if you didn't convert on that initial touch point. Exactly. Not only it allows you to do that, but usually the breakthrough that, that people get so excited is that the entrepreneur has the infrastructure to provide the SOP, the standard operating procedure to have a team member come in and do that and replace themselves. Right. Because it gets stuck like, oh, no one's going to talk like me. No one's going to handle this the way that I'm going to handle this. But they're like divided. And so it doesn't happen well. But when it look like I Flowchat was built for my team, not for me. Right. And so we were where we were in DMs. We were trying the thing. We're like, oh, my gosh, we can book calls for like 40 bucks a book call with a qualified lead compared to like 200 with ads. And so we're like, the CAC on this is, it's not, nothing, this beats everything with CAC. So we can't ignore it, damn it. But it's so manual, I hate this. And so we started building spreadsheet and like Google Doc and all the, and it was a disaster and manual. And then we, I looked for tech. I'm like, there's gotta be someone that like friggin' made this simpler. And I looked at nine different programs and it just didn't. I was like, oh no, here we go. Cause anything worth doing is worth doing well. And so I was like, I'm just gonna build what I want. And so a lot of my, my companies end up just being me solving my own problem. Fortunately, I've got great partners and like people around me. You know, if you want to accomplish something greater than yourself, it takes more than yourself. And so I've been able to form quality partnerships and build quality teams. And um, I could not do this all on my own. Uh, there's a whole army driving this. But um, that said, 
this infrastructure allowed our team to step in and say, oh, this is what I do. Oh, I click here and then I say this to this person. Oh, in this case, I say that to that person. And that's where entrepreneurs get stuck and they get frustrated. And when they don't have the proper systems, they never are able to scale. They're never able to grow. And when they, if they stay in that zone too long, they start thinking like, oh, maybe I'm just not good enough or maybe I just don't like business as much as I really thought I did. And they forget why they started doing this in the first place and they retreat, they shrink back, telling themselves that it just wasn't for them. And, and the reality is they just didn't have the systems and the tools to break through like the other entrepreneurs that have broken through that they're comparing themselves to. Yeah, it's people, processes, profit, right? So like you said, mm -hmm. you have great partners. So uh, thankfully you got around good people and, uh, and with that you create processes right? And those processes and automations allow you to scale to make, make more profits. Uh, as far as, do you guys think that Meta, Facebook, Instagram, one of these social media companies are going to buy you guys out? You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be really surprised if it's Meta, um, but a really good, you know, we, we've, whether we sell or not, I'm a hundred percent focused on, and, and our co my other co-founders are too, building a sellable company. I think in any, anyone listening, watching, build a sellable company, end of story. I'm never going to sell, Chris. Doesn't matter. Like be thinking of it through that lens because it'll end up being a better company. That's becoming like, uh, at least what the people maybe I'm just talking to, I don't know, or what I'm recognizing is I, I think that the 25 to like 40 year old, more you could say like online entrepreneur I think that we saw it with uh, like Alex Hormozzi. We're seeing it with Cardone Ventures. We're seeing it with just arguably the most successful people in the world is you create a business and or a portfolio of businesses and then you exit those businesses and then you buy real estate, rinse and repeat. Uh, at least that's in my opinion, uh, add Bitcoin to the mix now, but that's not tax, financial, legal advice. But why, why do people say you need to build a business that you can sell and I mean, how, if, if how you don't, if you don't, you have a liability instead of an asset, because it, in other words, you, you have a glorified job and you don't have a business and this is just, this is my take. I mean, yeah, and as, as you described, there's other, you know, more advanced entrepreneur that agree with this thinking and, and it's not like it's Chris Baden's original thought. Um, and, and I'll, but I'll, I'll speak more personally. Um, look, you know, and, and how, and how do you build a, a sellable business? I know that's a very uh, open-ended question, but like what are, you know, like for example, you get subscription people because if, if you got reoccurring revenue like Netflix, for example, you see how many subscribers, you see your fixed revenue coming in versus fixed expenses and you have now a net profit and now you can do some fancy equation to say I can sell it for X amount. So one could be reoccurring, it could be subscription-based, uh, join my program, 27 bucks a month to use my service for $1,900, whatever it is. Yeah. One, I'll let you finish your thought that you're getting started. But two, I want you to add in that mix as well. Like someone like me, right? Personal brand. I do financial literacy coaching, help people earn more, keep more, compound, invest more. And yeah. I got this podcast, right? So I totally agree with you. Like in order for Tyler to make money, there's a very high chance that sure, I have investments, things of that nature, but ultimately it's me exchanging my time mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I'm trying to think of like, okay, how can I get my foot in the door of getting a portfolio of businesses built out or someone listening in? Like, 
how do I get my business to be sellable if I am the business? Um, so, okay. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there. So let's do this. The first part is I'll share personally, like the first question is essentially, um, you know, why is it important to build a sellable company? And the second one is, you know, how do you do it? And I can definitely give some main ingredients uh, to, to sellable companies. So we'll, we'll dive into these two things. So the first one is, uh, like for me, um, the first, uh, I'm thinking, well, I could even do that one. Okay. So let's do it this way. The last company that I exited uh, with, you know, my other current co-founder, uh, Sean, we built and sold a software company on accident. Um, and we exited the end, towards the end, November uh, 15th, 2019. And we learned some tuition fees that we'll all never forget. I didn't understand what multiples were. I didn't understand, like, I, we were just in a lot of pain. Like, we grew fast and I didn't know how to run a company. And that was, you know, more of the time where, like, my second kid's being born and my I started getting blood work done because my heart was skipping beats and I had, like, ulcers on my tongue. And, and, you know, the doc's like, your blood work looks great. Like you're just stressed. And I'm like, stress, like, I'm good. What are you talking about? And he's I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm fine, bro. No, you're not. You know, it's like, oh, it turns out I have to sleep and eat. And, you know, so I was like, all right, like I gotta, I need to make some changes. Like my body's clearly like saying that I'm not good. And, and, you know, my eyes like twitching all the time. And <laughs> it's like, all right, so let's figure this out. So I made the, those years, you know, years, this was before 2019, and, uh, you know, like 18 and from the uh, or earlier on. So I've made changes and I've learned a lot since. But for everyone listening, watching, here's the takeaway is I didn't build a sellable company um, properly. Now we ended up exiting and it was a blessing and we did get paid something. But if it was sellable and I built it properly, that would have made me at least another two million dollars or more. And. Um, I, when I started to learn that after I was like, mother, if you're going to go through the pain anyway, like just do it right. But I didn't know what right was. Okay. So that's the why. The second piece is, is how, and you gave an example of yourself, but I am the product. So how do I make that a sellable company? No one wants to buy you Tyler because you're going to exit and then there's no company because you're the company. Well, you know, well, technically human trafficking is probably the biggest business in the world. So someone might want to buy me, but I don't know if we want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. But that, but to be fair, that is a different business model <laughs> than, than the one you're mentioning. But, uh, okay. So this being said, um, here, here's like, I can give you examples of this, right? Dave Ramsey, John Maxwell, there's, there's, uh, and there's plenty more. But these people are people that have built heavy coaching or they're the face, they're the name brands that still exist to this day. But how they built assets that outlive their face and their voice and their name is licensing. They built a product, a method that goes beyond them. It's Financial Peace University that's led by all these different people and Dave doesn't have to be there. As soon as you start productizing yourself, then you you start building an asset and no longer a liability, which goes to my original statement. What's the difference between a sellable and non-sellable company? One is a liability and one is an asset. One sucks your time and money and one gives you time and money. And I'm assuming everyone listening, watching here wants the asset. They want the time and the money. And so, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's a journey and there's a lot of details in there, but I'm I'm playing within the specific 
context that you gave a coaching business. And, and we did the same thing. Like after we exited, people kept saying, like, how did you grow so fast? How did you do that? And eventually we said, well, pay us and we'll show you. And so we did, quote, consulting time for money. And then we built uh, our sales methodology and people would pay for that. They implement that into their, their sales processes and their businesses. And as we saw these patterns, I was like, ooh, I could, we could license our IP, our intellectual property, or if we wrap it in the context of software, there's multiples. So anyone listening, watching that likes quality strategy and leverage like I do, we're like, oh, if we, rather than just give away like our Google sheet or our Google doc or our pretty PDF that says, here's the steps and you can too, which is great, by the way, no, not dogging that. But if we give that away in the form of context, like one of our mentors, Russell Brunson, if you look at what he's, if you, if you listen to what he says, but you watch what he's doing, he's building a tech company. And he, they're like, it, another, let's make it more simple. If you're doing a million dollars of sales a year with info or, you know, that type of IP, what do you, what can you sell it for? Million, maybe 800,000, a million, you know, somewhere there. But if that's all productized within software, the current B2B software, like median multiple amount is 7.2, according to sascapital.com, right? And there's all, you can Google it and go to other sources. So that means that someone would, if you're doing a million dollars a year in SaaS, yes, it's recurring, but your IP is productized in that form. Someone will write you a private equity venture capital, write you a check for $7.2 million. It's a little bit oversimplified, but you, you start to see the difference. You're like, well, wait a minute. Then why don't I just position that? Why don't I productize myself in tech and get a much bigger multiple for the same things that I'm doing anyway? Ooh, wisdom another bump, right? So that's what, as I didn't realize I was doing SaaS years ago, I was like, you know what? Turns out I like SaaS, Tyler. <laughs> I like this idea. And so, you know, like even- what, what even is, if, uh, What's SaaS? Oh, sorry. Software as a service. Software as a service. Yeah. And and like, listen, um, at Flowchat, we we white label our tech. So we'll, we can actually help other agency owners productize their IP, their intellectual property, their methods in the form of tech with their brand and their face for their mastermind, for their community. And we, like, because I went, again, like I solved my own problems, right? So, oh, I, I totally screwed up my first one, meaning, yes, it was profitable and, and we exited and made money. That was a big blessing. So like, you know, not exactly like a massive failure. However, I learned how poorly that we, we did it and how awesome we could have done it and now I'm, I can help other entrepreneurs do that through white labeling Flowchat, which not only helps them sell more transactionally today. So, oh, cool. I 2X sales, I 3X sales, which is exciting and great. And some stay there. But my next level entrepreneurs are like, dude, but not only the extra sales am I getting, there's a multiple on all that revenue because now it's in tech. And that's kind of like, you know, the ones that are willing and able to go there is obviously more fun to me because that's like, that's like generational wealth. That's, you know, there's a lot more impact there. Yeah. So give me, can you give me a little bit more, uh, this is a personal question because I, I, I hear what you're saying and, and it's definitely clicking, right? It's like, okay, take, how do we take the information that Tyler has in his brain and the yeah. experience of coaching and consulting thousands of people earn more money, keep more money, 
and compound and invest their money through financial literacy. Yeah. How do we productize that information so Tyler can continue to build community and uh, and do that without necessarily having to always exchange my time or always, you know, uh, be there, if that makes sense. Like, uh, is it is it with a course? Is it um, a book? Is it coaching programs? Like, I guess, can you share a little bit more like on the licensing side and and say, well, yeah, just flip this, do it this way versus that way. Yeah. Great question. Okay. So it'd be fun too. I love, I love this conversation and it'd be great to like, you know, dive in, get into more of the details, but to have fun and do things on the spot. Uh, so it's way more, cause I, you know, we, we both listen to like podcasts, you know, like right now, bro. and we're like, bro, let's go right now. So I'm about to, you know, get out your griddles. Here comes some ham and eggs. You know what I'm saying? So let's go. Okay. So, um, one, let me give you one example that that's worked really well. And so like, you'll have that. These are all patterns. These are all patterns, right? If, if, you know, a person does these three things and they get X results, what the ones that really have their method down or their ideology down, right? And people are buying confidence and they're buying that result. Okay. Now I wanted to pick a pattern and a result that they wanted to keep doing that kept bringing them, you know, revenue. So sales, Flowchat is a sales tool. So, so it makes sense for somebody to pay me, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars per month to keep their license active because why would they turn it off if it's the thing that keeps pumping revenue back into their world? So we'd want to find- Bible boy does not cost hundreds of thousands a month, right? <laughs> hundreds or thousands. So- Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. You know, like it's, it's you can go, on, it's flowchat.com. It's, it's 250 yeah. a month to like 1,700 a month, all right? So, so I'm not trying to like- yeah. Yeah. No, for a small, smooth price, Tyler, of $100,000 a month, you too can be- <laughs> No. Um, so, but would you pay 500 bucks a month if it was driving 50 plus thousand dollars a month in sales? Where do I sign up? Like, it's not even a conversation, right? So you, like, dude, you're, you're talking about money too, right? It's either wealth, health, or relationships, right? Those are the three buckets. And so you're, you're in the wealth bucket. Like, again, I don't know all the intricacies of your, your, your offerings, but if it's certain tax strategies, that, that say, oh man, I was about to pay the IRS like 70 grand, but with the strategy I implemented, now I only paid like 20 of that. You just saved me 50 grand, like that stayed in my ecosystem or my world or my family. Like, I don't know, what do you pay for that? And if that keeps going on and on, like they stay in the community, they keep learning the next strategy, they implement the next strategy. And so now like you could bring recurring in your model through community. That's one way of, uh, of doing it right. Um, another one is so to yeah. stop you right there because, dude, I I'm all again. I jokingly say this, but fuck the audience. I'm trying to learn from me. Uh, that's why I love podcasts <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, but that's why people will follow you and love this is because like, oh, the dude's actually like learning stuff and that I want to know too. So yeah, yeah, man, and, and you're totally right. By the way, that's a that was a nugget that I think is oftentimes overlooked. Is like at the end of the day, most in- industries are just health, wealth, and relationships, uh, and you know, ideally yeah. uh, all the above, but that's, that's exactly it, right? Like how do you build culture and community internally and externally? But that's exactly what I've done and what I'm continuing to do with the the rebrand and doing how I want to do it, building like a, a community versus a crowd. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, people will come into like a low to mid ticket offer 
uh, you know, anywhere between like three to 10 grand just kind of depends on exactly what they're, they're getting a little bit more one-on-one or a little bit more access to my team and information, but then ultimately keeping them in that community through subscription after, you know, 12 weeks or after a month or after X Good amount model. of time, you pay a yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah. Whatever that is. And, so, okay. Okay. So, ch- so check this out. So let's, I like that model and let's keep rolling with it because I know it's a common model and people listening, watching, if you're not doing that model, like you can start doing it. And if you are, then keep listening. To oversimplify business, right? Business is just a systematic way of delivering a product or service. The brand is the culture, you know, the style of how that's delivered, the memories and the emotions and the feelings and experiences of how that, of how it's delivered, right? Okay, so business is a systematic way of delivering a product or service. Within that frame, there's inputs and outputs. Within that frame, you're going to acquire customers, you're going to onboard them, you're going to deliver, and then you're going to retain, you know? And so how, the, um, how do you make it sellable? Well, you have to have team and system or department for each of those four to five buckets operating those things that does not involve or require you. And when you have done that, you have built, and, and dude, it doesn't have to be recurring. You could, there's plenty of e-com companies. There's plenty of other types of companies that function and operate without founder or owner that are a massive asset that are being, these companies are bought and sold almost daily. I mean, it has to be daily. Anyway, now, so how do you go about building some of those? Well, to stay focused on this particular topic, you, you have your model you just described, you know, three to 5K up front or so. And then a recurring on the back end and you're teaching, you're doing what? You're doing the delivery. Well, what if you had a certification program where you're certifying people in your methodology to continue teaching other people to do it? Well, now when you're off doing podcasts, marketing, or et cetera, right? They're going into the funnel, be qualified by your marketing team, being converted by your sales team, being onboarded by your customer success team and being delivered and it's being delivered with your, you know, uh, certified instructors. Where's Tyler? I don't know <laughs> where he wants to be. What's cool is when you build that, you can decide where you want to fill in or oversee in the company. But until you, and it t- dude, it takes time. Um, you know, I've built multiple companies and it's like, I'm still freaking learning. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, there's all these micro skills and things to do. And then there's different industry and different partnerships and different equations. And, you know, um, you know, I'm playing different, I'm filling different roles than I have done in the past in this particular partnership, because that's where there's a gap in the, the team. So it's a very dynamic thing, but to keep it simple, it's a systematic way of delivering product or service. Those are the buckets and you, you put team and system in place in each of those buckets and, the more you do, the more of an asset you start to have. What do you see as an opportunity? Because there's a lot of people, as you know, that have mastermind programs, inner circle, coaching community, courses. Like, what do you think right now? Um, and you can just, this is like genuine conversation. Like this is, <laughs> we got it there. but I've been, man, I just been like, what will make people want to, uh, Click the link, book a call, get sold, come in, crush it, get a ton of value, under promise, sold, and deliver. But what is going to keep them there that 
is not to tip wall. Oh, they have value. Oh, they network. Well, no shit, right? Like I, I get that. But there's so many online communities and coaching programs and YouTube and this and that. Uh, do you, you think it's because I think I think it's like giving them like uh, experiences. So like, hey, this comes with like you can pay a one time fee and stay in the community for a year. That includes uh, a, a ticket to this event. It includes a you know, call with one of my advisors. Uh, it's, you know, are we dropping valuable content in there as far as like real estate updates, digital assets like crypto? Are we, are we sharing financial uh, literacy tips on a consistent basis, right? Yeah, um, I love this question. I love this question. Yeah, you, you, essentially, you're saying like, dude, but how do you get them to retain? It's a retention question. Like how, how why are they going to stay? Because we've all, We've all been a member, you know, different like communities and it's like, okay, like I was there for a year. I was there for three years and like, I kind of like, and you know, I know the feel, I know most of the people, I'm still going to know them if I'm not in the community, like, you know, why am I still here? Um, and, and here, and, and I want to interrupt again because like yeah. there's been coaching programs I've been a part of and I'm like, dude, this coaching program produced like 200 eight figure entrepreneurs in two months. How did that person not keep those fuckers in there? <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, the the obvious question is like, well, in order to go build eight figure business, you're not uh, like, why did those two hundred people not want to stay in and be like, yo, we're savages and we all learned something yeah. crazy here? But I think the person dropped the ball of keeping them. Yeah. Well, okay. So, like to me, the answer to this is insanely obvious, and and it's culture, and it's brand. And, and part of the challenge is timeline, the timeline that we're looking at it as that those same people that you mentioned left over enough time with strong enough principle, this is my opinion, with strong enough principle and value and culture and brand, they'll come back. And it, let, let me, be, let me give more, re I, I love, okay, cool idea, Chris, but like, why are you saying that? And where do you see this in real life? Cause I like to see patterns. Like to me, there's nothing new under the sun. And so let's talk about, oh, here's a fun one. Another entrepreneur friend, uh, like he came into town and I was like, bro, when you come into town, like we'll go fly in helicopter and shoot machine guns out of the flying helicopter. Yo. He's like, dude, we're doing it. He came in town. He's like, I'm coming to town. I'm like, all right, tickets are booked. So we did it like a couple of weeks ago. That you was did dope. that, man. I, that's so dope. I wanted to do that in Vegas. I was out there like a month ago, which okay. side, well, I've got to come visit and we're doing it for sure. Oh, hell yeah. It's so fun. And then like, and then when you do that, like, of course you got to shoot all the other automatic weapons and then the 50 cal sniper rifle, the Barrett as badass. Yeah. So, okay. So, all right. We got some fun things to do when you come into town next. Um, so, so we're doing that. And he, and he like texts me this picture of a concert he was at, bro. It was Eric Clapton. Eric clapped. I was like, this dude is still crushing on the guitar, rocking an audience, stadium full. And you, and what we're talking about is business and we're talking about retention. Eric, he, he is a brand. He is a face. And you, this isn't, man, he did like, look, it's not about quick, fast results or, or quick, big results. You got to do that consistently for 10 years, for 20 years, for look at a Tony Robbins, right? These are people that you're not looking at, you know, a testimonial page of what happened last year. You're looking at, you're looking at people that have been going and brought their kids and now their grandkids are now starting to read the book. And, and so timeline 
becomes the thing. It's the culture, it's the principles, it's, it's the value. Um, and, and we, we, we're, we're not built again, is my opinion. We're not built to be alone. We're not made to be alone. We're built like we're tribal. We're a tribal species and there's always going to be room for the timeless principles, values, and culture that are innately put in us that we crave, uh, that do create a higher standard of living to accomplish something greater than ourself. It takes more than ourself. And that, that applies in all kinds of levels of life, right? You can't be, you want to be married. I mean, you don't know who gets married to themselves. I don't think they've like passed that law yet. Right. I want to start a family, a family of you, you know, it's like, no, you have other people in your family. So like, oh, a musician runs a concert for themselves or, or if they didn't have anyone else, there'd be no audience. Like it's very clear on what the thing is. And so I, I think of musicians, I think of you know, actors or art, like any other person that has a thing, Bob, freaking Bob Ross, dude, people, I don't know, the listeners can't, can't see this. I have this little like Bob Ross Lego. <laughs> hilarious. And, and I like, uh, we, we, I put Bob Ross in one of our flow chat shirts for like a convention. And just so people are like Bob, like Haha, Bob Ross, like it would just stop everybody. And they're just like, cool shirt. And yeah. e- even when I was like testing, split testing different shirts for attention, um, our UI UX, uh, guys in Portugal. And he, and he saw it as like, what do you think Andre? And he's like, ha Bob Ross. I was like, if Andre in Portugal knows Bob Ross, I mean, yeah. imagine, but like, I, I know it sounds like I'm all over the place, but we're talking about culture. We're talking about retention. We're talking about brand. I'm not making this up. If, if on, can you imagine if Andre in Portugal freaking knew your brand and even if they weren't a customer, they still knew you and liked you and would openly refer people to you. What would you pay for that? How powerful is that? So I like to look at, I look at those patterns and dude, I'm in SaaS, software as a service, right? Retention is like the most important thing. And so I, I'm constantly studying culture and how connection and why should people stay? Why me when they have so many choices? It's a good one to ask. So what should I do? <laughs> Start building culture, man. So at, like, this is, this is the thing, like what makes you, you like you're in well, okay. So you're going to have your method. Well, there's going to be all the people before you and, and the people that come after you that have similar tactic and strategy. So why do I listen to you? Oh, well you, you know, you have these value, like you like sports and got like the sport theme, you know, and others don't quite have that. And you can connect with you know what I'm saying? Like you start finding more of who you are, how to be a louder, bolder you that attracts more of those similar values. And, and now you're not just bonding on the freaking 10 grand that I saved. Cause at the end of the day, like it's exciting, but no one gives a damn, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, if you're connecting, cause you're like, Oh dude, like you're trying to like build a marriage and a family too. Like, Oh, okay, cool. Like it's not just about the 10 grand. Now you got two sticky points. Oh, you also like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, dude, did you just see he got her? Like now you're connecting on three levels, right? And the deeper connection uh, that you're able to go, the, the you're just tapping into OPA, other people's audiences, like other common interests, and it gets tighter, it gets stronger. Um, also, if you give people t-shirts and start overtaking their closet, for some reason, that really helps with retention. People go crazy for t-shirts. <laughs> or have you guys got some... Uh- like data Wait, on that. That said, we have like freaking no swag. The reason I'm saying that we are going too soon. We're going too soon. 
uh, when people start begging us enough, right? We have, dude, funny note, uh, we have people that have been getting tat. We, well, it's just one person so far, but got a tattoo of Flowchat on their body. <laughs> I know, dude, oh, it's a great. If you go to my Facebook profile or whatever, just Chris Baden, uh, it's pinned to the top and you'll see me like interviewing him while he's in the chair in Vegas getting a tattoo of Flowchat on his arm. It's like, it's so, it's such a badass story. So, what else? But, but, yeah, dude, that'll, that'll come back home with you from Vegas. That does not stink. <laughs> see, what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. I told you. But listen, listen, the, the part of that story that's great is why would you get a, why would you get a, ta- the icon, it's not our whole logo, it's just the icon. Why would you put the icon as a tattoo on your body as a tech company, software company, right? You don't see me with Hulu tattooed on my body. You don't see me with like, you know, I don't know what click Joe on, Rogan. Joe Rogan has like every fucking week someone gets a tattoo of his face. So, so, so like, dude, everyone lean and listen on this part of the conversation. Why are people doing that? It's culture, it's experience, it's they're connecting at a deeper level beyond just, you know, outcome, beyond just circumstance. So, if you really want to build community, and, and I do think I am bullish on community, by the way. Like there's multiple patterns of this popping up. Uh, it, it's been around. It's not like it's new, but it's like, you know, there's waves of, of interest, right? Like this is a thing. And um, why would someone get Joe Rogan tattooed? Why would someone get Flowchat tattooed on them um, or, or wear a t-shirt? It's because there's some emotional connection, desire, and pain that's, that's being accessed on a deep level and it's do you, you know why i'm wearing this freaking jersey today it's an for everyone listening it's a astros jersey from the 80s i've you, i've uh, you know i'm not from i'm not from signs. houston <laughs> what's that you know how to steal signs weren't they the the baseball team that were stealing signs during the world series or something like that <laughs> oh dude i don't know maybe i i this, so this is a houston astros uh, uh, Nolan Ryan jersey, right? And if you don't know baseball, he's one of the most dominant pitchers ever um, in the game. And this exact jersey that I'm wearing, right? And okay, we're talking about culture. We're talking about things that anchor us to powerful experiences. Um, and so I got, th- I've never bought a jersey ever in my life. This is the only jersey I've ever bought in my life. Because I always, ah, there's more reasons why, but just hang with me. Okay, so I got this after watching his documentary on Netflix about Nolan Ryan. In in September 26, 1981, Nolan Ryan pitched his fifth no-hitter. It's one of the most dominant things you can do in the game. There was no one, there was like a few other people that had done four no-hitters, including Sandy Koufax. And, and he, which is, was his, his like idol that he looked up to and he finally passed him. Now I, Nolan Ryan has seven no-hitters. Right. And he has the most strikeouts ever and he's awesome. Okay. But the reason I'm wearing the jersey of the fifth no hitter is because watching his story, I'm like, that was his, that was his really big breakout moment. That's when he like really broke through. And, and like from my own personal experience, there's just like different things going on in my life. And I'm like, that is the moment for where I'm at my journey. Right. Because like him, like he had had other wins and no hitters. He had been in the league for, well, years, I think over a decade at that point. I have been in business for over a decade, employing myself and others. And and I've had some wins, but I don't feel like I've really broke through the way that I can and what's in me 
And so I was like, dude, this is my breakthrough year. Just like in September 26, 1981, it was his breakthrough year. And I wear this jersey like once a week, once every other week as a reminder. I'm like holding space for, it's not just belief. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I'm just going to believe it. That's going to happen. Like, I don't really operate that way. It was a reminder. And sometimes I too doubt. I too get tempted to like think that ah, maybe it won't happen or now this is broken. Freaking crap breaks all the time. Okay. But I'm holding space like mentally, like, no, like this is the target. It, you know, this is the breakthrough year. And for it, ha uh, for the breakthrough to take place, what needs to happen? Okay. I need to do these things and these things. And I'm, it's helping me take action on the right items with the right level of like faith and, and belief, not only in myself, but in my team and, and those around me. And if, if you, listen, like as you, the business owner, entrepreneur, if you don't care, if you're not leading, if you're not believing who the hell else is for, for what the, you know, the vision that was given to you. And so, yeah, it's just kind of like, that's culture. You know, those are those moments you can anchor to. Yeah. I like that. It's that, uh, just creating like an environment, a culture, like you, you keep saying a community, but that environment of people, places, things, and that Jersey, the Nolan Ryan Jersey is a thing that is a part of the culture, the community, and it's symbolism behind what you're trying to do. It's a, it's a friendly reminder. So there's a purpose for everything. The food that you're eating, uh, the things that you're doing, things that you're buying, things that you're wearing. And, uh, and for you though, with the breakthrough, like what is that breakthrough moment? Is it uh, a certain amount of money? Is it, because uh, I think we're all looking for a breakthrough in some, in some way. Once I have this, I'll be happy. Once I make mm -hmm. this amount of money, then I can spend time with my kids. Once I break through this turmoil, I'll be able to go to sleep at night. Once mm -hmm. this happens or I achieve this or I have this, what's that breakthrough moment and or goals that you have that's like, I feel like I finally broke through after a decade of putting my mind, body, and soul through the ringer in business dude okay so that is a insanely powerful question Be and there's a couple things there so um i think it's number one really really important like that 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 communication pattern of once i get here then i will i think you've already lost and i'm not saying you you know i've i've fallen into this and anyone listening watching any person that falls into that pattern of thinking, you've already lost before you started. I think that it's really important to start and build from a place of, of um, being content and peace before and, and operate and build out of that and create out of that place rather than deprive yourself of joy or, or peace until you get to a certain level. Because what you'll find is whatever level of success you hit, you'll just you were unsatisfied and you had lack of peace the entire time. And you will also have that once you hit whatever surfacey goal there is. Okay. So hang with me. I would, I would encourage someone. Uh, I am, I'm very, I'm a happy guy. Like I, I'm very blessed. Uh, like I, I love my wife. We're building, you know, a friendship and a marriage and intimacy and, um, and like we're pouring into our kids, you know, I love my kids. Like my oldest just finished the Rubik's cube and now he's like, can do it like two minutes and 13 seconds. This is like new record. And like, 
kids, you know, seven, you know? So it's like, we're, we're, we're building, they have their own businesses. Like, so I'm, I'm content. Like if I have, if you add another zero or two zeros to my bank account, like I'm still going to be happy, you know, cause I'm already happy. And so I think it's important to be content, not satisfied. I'm hungry, but I'm content and I have peace and I'm multiplying and I'm growing that along my journey. And here's what's, here's what's cool on this thing. And so your, your thing is like, what's your breakthrough? The point isn't the next goal or the target. The point is growth. And when I hit that target, I will expand the target and go do it again because my, my purpose was always growth. The journey is the point. I, I think we're either climbing or we're falling. And I want to live a life where, you know, I feel like life's a gift. I didn't choose to wake up today. I was given life. I was given time, focus, gift, talent, energy, and ability. Who am I to like just decide to be like, ah, I'm going to do whatever I want. Like how selfish is that? I'm just going to squander what I was first given. That's a re- to me, that's a really ungrateful life. And that doesn't feel good to me. And so I'm like, dude, how am I going to steward not only the money and resources I was blessed with, but I can see, I can smell, I can taste, I can run, I can jump, I can think, I can create, I can connect and build really like, I can create all these things that didn't exist prior. So how am I stewarding that, that energy? That's ultimately, you know, kind of the ethos of how I flow through wealth, health, and relationships or physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, the five aspects of life that I look at it, you know, through that lens. Um, but to be more tangible and direct. Yeah, fuck your pep talk. How much money are you trying to make this year? Uh, what are you trying to do? My ne- well, I, I said it, nine-figure tech company, right? So I want to build a, I want to build a tech company um, I do want people to hear like the the ethos and like the philosophy or like, because I don't want, I want people to be satisfied and peaceful today, but my no, current journey and next time. Yeah. I'm giving you a hard time because you're totally right. Like if you're not, <laughs> if you're not, I mean, you have to have goals. We know that. I, I totally do. Yeah. You got to have like personal, professional, financial goals, but you hit the nail on the head of like to be, in my opinion, happy. First off, let me back up a little bit more. Okay. In order to pretty much have like 100% happiness, what I've discovered is just like missing that religion piece and, and God. But yo, dude, you got to make money. And there's obviously a reason oh, why I know studies that say like, if you make over, I don't know, like 600 grand, 700 grand, a million dollars a year, over 400K, then these people have 80% of their happiness. I always, always, always think and believe and very, very confident and know that you'll never be 100% satisfied unless you have God, unless you have some type of religion that is going to ultimately close the void of being happy. At least that's my opinion. That said, I think that there is definitely a number that says, yes, it's way better to be able to uh, fly first class and uh, and be able to select the flight that I want to go on versus the one that I have to, uh, select because that's the only one I can afford whole other conversation. But when it comes to being happy, what you're saying, what I align with as well to be happy, it's a combination of being content, but committed to growth where I'm totally content with what I have, but I'm fully committed to have and give more. Yeah. The, the, the simple, the simple numbers are like, uh, is to build a nine figure tech company. So a hundred million dollar plus valuation. We have 24 months or less to do this. Um, you know, uh, cur- current, 
you know, uh, valuation, you know, uh, d- during this recording is, um, you know, probably somewhere between like 15, 17, you know, mil. So we got a long ways to go, but that the beauty of multiples, you know, <laughs> um, uh, it, it'll, we definitely have a path and plan to get there. Right. Um, personal, like liquid net worth would be 10 million. Uh, like that's the target, uh, that I'd like to see hit. And, and, um, so yeah, I absolutely have goals. I have goals for, you know, marriage relationship, how I want to show up for, you know, my wife that I've been blessed with and, and, uh, that relationship, uh, things for like the kids, uh, in terms of projects and businesses, and that takes capital and time and attention. And I'd like to be the person that goes through some of those things with them. Um, so yeah. What do you, what do you, uh, outside of the business and the family and the kids and all that, like, what do you, uh, personally invest in, uh, personally invest in, if you don't mind sharing, like if you have 10 million, like you exited the company right now, boom, you got a check and it's 10 million bucks. You got $10 million of liquidity, cash in an account or money and stocks, anything that you could essentially liquidate in three business days or less. Like what, what are you going to use that $10 million on? Yeah. Uh, okay. So the, um, craps table, dude, I'm going hard on crafts, man. <laughs> it's going all on black. Let's go to roulette. <laughs> um, so what I'd like to do is, and what I intend to do, um, it, it, you know, and I laid out the three phases of entrepreneurship, give yourself some space to figure it out. Phase one, once you figure it out, phase two, go hard. I'm in phase two right now. And once, and I have an exit, but I'm like, I want to do it better. I don't want to graduate to phase three yet. I don't think I'm quite ready. And so once I do that, um, you know, with a partial or full exit, then I'll move into phase three. I'm going to do the exact same thing that I'm doing right now, but I'm going to do it with a roll-up. And I probably I probably won't start it from the beginning. Um, I'll, I'm like, here's the problem I want to solve. I'm going to go pick off, you know, five to 20 of those companies in that, in that industry. I'm going to consolidate um, those, you know, all the assets, you know, the email lists, and I'm just going to go poof, come in, dominate the market by just, you know, buying some underrated, ver- you know, assets in the market, s- centralize them to be the most powerful and, you know, in that one little niche quickly. And then once you pass 10 million a year in sales, there's a really healthy multiple boost. And so I'll go to private equity and I'll say, hey, just a heads up, um, here's what I'm going to be doing over the next 18 months. Um the longer you take to to buy, the more expensive I get. <laughs> I'll, uh, we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> and so yes, it'll be today's some, price, not today's yeah. Price. It's, a, it's a fun to me. It's a fun conversation because it's true. But you know, obviously, there's execution risk. But I'll be doing. I, I dude, I, I'm not. Uh, my creator created me to create. Like it. It. It's if I'm not learning and growing and setting a new target, I'm I'm not growing. Like the way that I look at it, like. You know, if you look at the parable, right, uh, the kid brought the loaves and the fish, but his his presence, the 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 values and the culture of his kingdom multiply. It is in his nature. And so I feel like if I'm not seeing multiplication within my relationships, with growth within my in health and growth within what I've been entrusted to steward, I have to ask myself, am I really listening? Am I really following or am I being selfish? I don't feel like maybe working as hard or making that extra call or doing the extra thing or pouring into there's all uh, uh, in partnership like you're we're all people I'm I'm there's 
there's the team members that are having a hard time and you bring them groceries sometimes and, and you're there with them through other hard times. You know, that's the, that's the real stuff of leadership in, in people and in culture that isn't some tactic or amount of money saved, uh, you know, and here's my method and here's how you, to, you can too. You know what I'm saying? Like those are important and good, like be valuable in, in that, but be a human where you're really connecting and serving people in a powerful way. And, um, you know, th- like that is the journey, like that is the, 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 the culture, um, uh, that, that's being built. Do you like stocks, crypto, real estate? Uh, maybe not at all. So, um, I do have an insanely small amount of crypto. Um, I've, I suck, I suck at investing in crypto. I got, I got destroyed. Um, and, and, uh, what but I was like, you? what's that? What crushed you? Was it like, uh, just the whole market? Or I, dude, I got in on like IOTEX. Uh, I got like sucked into this one. I like a lot of it. I was like, listen, like this money, I'm, this is play money. I want to learn. I want to like, Ooh, let's stake here. Let's try the data. I'm just like learning the mechanics and the tech. And I was also looking at it for flowchat. Like what if we had NFTs and tokens and blah, blah, blah. And, and so we were kind of looking at it from that perspective. Um, I, I've, I've been in the stock market for decades. Um, you know, different, there's all types of, uh, like allocation, um, and I've even traded, you know, uh, futures on the mini S and P 500 for a year. This is a long time ago. Uh, but in real estate, I've not done anything in real estate. However, I'm pretty sure that's going to change within the next one to three years because of taxes. <laughs> cool. I, I need to, I'm quickly being educated on, uh, different, uh, strategies that will make more sense for, you know, the, the legacy, uh, that's being built right now. Yeah, that's. That comes back to like my, uh, I like what you said when you gave me some feedback as far as like, okay, what's Tyler's method? You know, that's what I come back to all the time is like, what is my wealth method, right? And a lot of people, when it comes to business, when it comes to building wealth, when it comes to coaching, mentorship, consulting, there's always a framework of like mindset that you have to instill. There's that like uh, rich dad, poor dad uh, methodology that you have to take for those that haven't read it. Uh, You definitely should, but it's like, I can't afford this versus how can I afford this? So there's always like a framework, which, you know, obviously I have my own mental framework, my one liners, or at least I, I thought I did. And then you read the Bible. I'm like, uh, John 69, 69. It's all repackaged, but you, you know, you frame it in your Tylerisms and, yes. and, uh, people get to experience it that way and they connect to it that way. And it'll work because it's always worked for thousands of years. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. But then when it comes to that question though, it's, and this even comes to like coaching and consulting people. It's, it's how do you earn it? How do you keep it? How do you compound and grow it slash invest it? Right. It's three categories. Like that's really what money is. How do you earn it? How do you keep it? How do you compound it? Yeah. And, uh, no matter what your age is, no matter how long you've been in business and or working, uh, to earn money, uh, I get people that will come to me and they're like, I want to start investing in real estate. And I go, no, you don't like you have debt and, and you don't know how to earn money. And yeah. Let's go and pay a lot in taxes first. Uh, well, ideally not, but you get it right. Like a good make money. Exactly. We need to go make some money. And for you, it sounds like an exit. You already have some things that are helping you keep and compound, but you know what the next exit, you know, with the higher uh, liquidity net worth, you know that as your time becomes more valuable and your income is increasing, 
yeah, we need to be keeping and growing this at the same time, which is why personally I believe that real estate's the most proven and will if things stay the same in terms of tax law and all of these, you know, different things. Uh, and if we don't go to Mars and there's more land to buy, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the point is though is like that is why real estate is real estate. That's why it doesn't necessarily make, but it keeps. It's it's no. it's a it's a really cool, insanely powerful asset class. It's really really good, and like uh, I I feel like damn, like you know we I, 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 a homeowner, right? And so I'm like, why this isn't like that? Why haven't I got into this sooner? Uh, so that's kind of how I've been feeling that I did, you know, oil is another one. I've got a de decent chunk of money in, in oil that was earning like 12% a year, uh, which is, you know, dividends were paid out, you know, uh, monthly and like, so that was, you know, I was, that was cool. Like they did nothing. It was like a conglomerate of wells and you get a percentage of production and, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to do it high risk and high reward and totally get screwed. And just like any industry, those that know what they're doing win and those that don't usually get screwed. And it's just, it's not, it's not always evil or, you know, poor intent intention. It's just kind of like, you know, the ignorance tax. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, this is kind of coming back to like my mindset and mentality and it's not to take a shot at anyone by any means, but like, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I believe that no one's going to care more about your money than you. Uh, I'm not saying that people are trying to take your money or do anything necessarily, but I say that because you should have the mindset that, okay, I'm building this business to exit to get this money. I should probably know how this whole money thing works and how to keep it and how to compound it. And so I genuinely believe it's people being lazy to not take that extra step. You're telling me that you're building a business to make all this money but you're not going to learn the few key things to keep it and grow it. So invest in who and what you know. And if you lose money investing into somebody's deal, then that's at the end of the day, maybe not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yeah. Right? It's your responsibility to go try to do it yourself. Yep. And at minimum, your cash. <laughs> so, yeah, and, yeah man. So, so I've, I've, I've definitely lost a lot of money too. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, I've made a way more than I've lost. But, dude, I don't think anyone, I, I have yet to meet somebody that plays this game of business and doesn't get kicked in the balls at least once or twice. So, yeah, do you, and you have to in order to know what it means to get kicked in the balls. Like, if everything's good, you don't even know what good is. You ever experience bad, right? Mm -hmm. What are, um, I'm curious and I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but we've been, we've been rocking and rolling. As Dude, we're almost, Joe, we're like getting close to Joe Rogan, you know, length here. I know, bro. Let's go. Let's go. I want to be mindful. I know you got a family, kiddos and, and all that. So, uh, if we got to wrap it up here in the next, uh, like you still got like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 Let's, cool. Let's I'm curious. I, I want to hear, uh, I want to get to like something like a real topic. Like what are some like bad habits you have, some things that you're working on, uh, not to, you know, like dog you or anything. It's more of like, uh, I like to hear the real side of things, right? Like you're like, oh man, I'm not going to bed on time. I'm, I'm staying up way too freaking late, not waking up early. Or it could be like, dude, I can't figure out this freaking thing in my business. Uh, or I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe something more than that, but I'm curious to hear. I think it helps people that are listening in, whether they have uh, a ton of debt, they have a job. They don't know what they want to do all the way to people that are maybe listening to this that have a, a nine figure business already 
Uh, like, how can you be relatable in terms of sharing some of those bad habits that you're trying to, you know, make some breakthroughs with? Yeah, no, uh, good question. I, as you're saying it, the first thing that comes to mind um, is, and I, I don't know that I'd label it as a bad habit, but something I'm definitely wrestling with and like really, really beating my head against the wall trying to figure out. And it's it's strategic partnerships. Um, you know, you find the right people, right? For, fortunately, like we have our, you know, co-founders and like that that partnership. And I'm talking about strategic partnerships. And man, like, I, I mean, it could be as small as like, a, you know, an affiliate manager or, you know, doing like some email swaps or like JV, you know, smaller JV launches or deals kind of thing. It could be, uh, um, you know, one scale up where you're doing coordinated like JV launches. Um, <coughs> it could be um, where you're, uh, if it's, you know, we, we're bootstrapped, right? So I've always had to create something from nothing. I'm not against raising money. I just, you know, a lot, a lot of venture capital or private equity firms that we've approached, like people try to like, dude, they try to give us money all the time. Cause they're like, wait, you have MVP minimal viable product and you're profitable. Like how are you, you know, everyone's like, I got this idea. Just give me money, dad. And like, it'll work out. Trust me. You know? That's like Silicon Valley, like to oversimplified, you know, stereotypical, right? Where they look at us like, wait, you've already done all the hard work. I'm like, well, it feels like that. Um, so I struggle with, you know, do we raise? Is that the right strategic partnership? Do we, um, do we, you know, like find, what are our actual needs? Like, okay, we could really grow faster with some like operations, with some marketing. We could, do we build or buy? right? Do we just build that internally or is there a strategic partnership that allows us to do that faster? And I, look, I'm, you asked like, Hey, what are you struggling through or with? And man, I'm really, I've tried so many things over just the last year, in the last 12 months specifically. And, and, um, you know, there's been some, some bumps and success in there, but, but like, no, 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 like not the way that this needs to be or needs to go. And dude, I, I stand before you, I sit before you with still not the answer. Yeah. And you can try things like, uh, yeah, talking to like some private equity to say like, Hey, we're, we're going to bring in $5 million of capital and give away, uh, X percent ownership of the company. And then when it came to pen to paper, like, nah, this, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Cause here's some of the trick that, uh, bumping into is like, nobody wants to work. Ooh, you're, you're a rocket ship. You're growing and you're doing all the things like, I'll give you some money and you can just do more of what you're doing and then you'll make us money and we get a piece of it. And sometimes that's a great, great deal. But I'm like, I, like, dude, we don't, I don't really need your money for that. You know what I mean? Like I could just go sell more and like have, and keep all the equity. I could, if I really wanted faster cash, I could, I could raise debt, you know, instead of, instead of give equity away. Right. There's, I could say, Hey, like here's, you know, you could get a, a loan or, or there's other services where, They'll look at our, you know, annual recurring revenue and give us X amount with X percent. And, you know, it's all debt, you know, we could, but then there's capital, you know, and Hey, we're paying, you know, seven, eight, 10, 12% on it. But if you can generate a hundred or 70% or higher return, then yeah, cost of business and you're still net profit. So yeah, let's go faster. But so I, th I think through, I don't know if that, how interesting that is to all like the listeners, uh, you know, here, but those are the things that I wrestle with. And when what, it's, what, 
what partnership would make sense? Maybe that's a better approach. Like what, what are you looking in a strategic partnership? Here's what I want. I want skill. I want labor. I want our, you know, the, the people that have already, um, you know, the developers, the marketers, the, you know, operators uh, of companies that have already built and operated a hundred million dollar value, you know, valuation type company. So we need to be doing, you know, at least a million a month in sales. So marketers, operators, recruiters, uh, sales professional, I, I want the team and the people that have done those things at that level in our organization so that we can be that. So have, have you thought about giving away like vested, uh, equity interest to say like, Hey, I'm going to bring in a, a skilled person that has helped with the sales, uh, side of things that, uh, built a hundred million dollar company. Uh, but they're like, well, I want 500 grand a year, a million a year to whatever that number is. And you're like, just that does. That's the current one we're, that's the current one we're testing. The vested, vested interest model. Nice. Yeah. Uh, with, with a, with a little asterisk, like there's a, a six month period of performance. So it's not like, you know, listen, like if anyone comes in and they're like, Oh, like if I, in my opinion, if, if I'm throwing equity at people in the first, second, third, fifth conversation, um, I, you, like, that's a red flag. It's like, that's somebody that's not yeah, it's, valuing equity. It's like equity is only as valuable as, you know, the value it produces. Like, oh, cool. I've got 50% equity in this company that does nothing, which is worth nothing. So people get all weird and goofy about equity. I think it's a big deal and it should be respected really, really heavily. So there, there's a, there's a period of what, like a vesting period, you could call it like coming. Okay. You can do this. Like, cool. Like here's the schedule. It's all free outlined, signed, agreed upon. You do this, you get this, you know, everything's up front in writing. Um, but nothing is vested or unlocked and in, in until this time frame, and you know, these results have taken place. So, um, you were definitely testing it, you know, it's, uh, there's all kinds of paths and, and then you got to find out, well, I have access to these people or, oh, you know, this venture capital, normally I wouldn't take this raise, but they've already built three companies of the exact company that I'm building and they have these three people. So, okay, cool. I'm getting the people that are in resources I need, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, uh, and for those that don't know, vested interest is essentially like, I'll give a very, very simple way to put it. It's like you hit these KPIs, key performance indicators. Let's say that you're going to bring me in as the sales director of the company and I have a track record of uh, building what you guys are trying to build, which is a nine-figure tech company. And I say, look, Chris, like, in order for me to come in, I know I'm going to hit these targets. I'm very confident in that. Hence, that's why we're talking in, in this interview. But in order to do so, at some point, I need to have that reassurance. I need 20% ownership of the company. And... We can do that by saying, okay, we're doing uh, 500 grand a month. If I get us to 750K, I get 10% ownership. And then once we go from 750 to a million, then I get 20%. And obviously you can build those parameters and you can build that vested schedule. Once X is accomplished, you will get X percent in return or whatever the technical agreement is. So I think it's important to share that to the audience. And also, it's also important to share as well. What I've learned, uh, good and bad, is 
when you give away equity as an entrepreneur, uh, it's like giving away a, a piece of your baby, right? So uh, there's a lot of ego, I think, attached to it, to be realistic. Like, why the hell would I give away equity to this person? Who do they think they are? They haven't seen the late nights. They haven't seen this. They haven't seen that. And blah, 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 blah. Versus like, okay, what's the downside? They don't execute X, Y, Z. Cool. See you later. You're not getting any equity. So I think also equity um, is is sometimes trash as well because these things don't work out and, and you're like, yeah, whoop-de-doo. Um, you know, just, just my thoughts. And I'm sure you've already realized that you're like, who are you to come in and say you want equity versus like, sure. Everyone that works for Tyler Bosetti, all of you can get equity because you're getting shit done. And why would I not want to give away where in reality you can structure it where you're still winning even more at a faster pace. I totally agree. Again, like, you know, that phrase, like I've said a couple of times to accomplish something greater than yourself, it takes more than yourself. And, you know, you to incentivize a players, like you got to put some real, some real skin in the game for them, you know, just like what, what attracts us, you know, it's like, if there's no skin in the game or really big upside, then it's not really interesting. So there is a level of that. And, and then there's also a, a level of respecting, you know, uh, proper value proper credit. Hey, if you're only generating a hundred grand of value for the company, like, you know, here's how much that's worth, <laughs> you know, it's not probably partnership. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's, you know, man managing value and, and credit and making sure that everything, everyone has room to grow in the way that they want to grow. Yeah. The wealthiest people in the world, they don't, they don't own a hundred percent of their, their company, you know? So that those are some things you got to realize along the way is like, yeah, oh, wait, uh, Jeff Bezos doesn't own 100% of Amazon. Yeah, well, like in 100%, like in our, in our conversation, um, you know, the, the, the one that's, you know, working towards potential, um, growing towards potential equity is like this. It's like, you know, for terms came out and I was like, whoa, dang, that's aggressive. It's like, what do you think? I was like, I think that's aggressive. But I was like, look, like, you know, terms and value are, are both to be considered. It's like, okay, I mean, what does that percentage mean? Like, well, I'm going to do, 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 you know, well, if you do 40% worth of value, you know, for only 25, then that's a great deal. If you only do five and you want 25, then that sucks for everybody. And I'm totally, I would much rather have, I'm making up numbers, right? I'd much rather have 50% of a billion dollars than a hundred percent of a million dollars, <laughs> you know? Yep. So if there's greater value that can be, you know, created, um, I'm, I'm more drawn towards just the bigger net dollar. I don't, you can call whatever percentage you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm drawn wanna, towards the bigger value. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll wrap it up with one more question, but a, a thought on that as well on the real estate side is that's a realization I had as well. This is even the podcast, right? It's like, do you want to own a hundred percent of a grape or do you want to own a quarter of a watermelon? Right. Nice. And so, yeah, do you guys like that analogy? Fruit, fruit analogy is like so much easier to see in my head, you know? Yeah. It's like, than the money. and that's business and that's, you know, even doing the podcast, it's like, okay, well I can do the podcast. That's a couple hours long, build a relationship with you and have you come back on vice versa. Like there's just so like the, the upside is like the watermelon. There's way bigger upside. Versus just doing 
two hour, in my opinion, two hours of just like a bunch of clips, right? Yeah. Two hours of a bunch of like, oh, let me, but you can also do that as well. So anyways, that's yeah. a whole other topic for another <laughs> day. But yeah, man, anything else that, that you want to share, uh, you know, the, the, the show and the intention of the podcast show is to entertain, inform, have fun, but all for nothing, uh, all for nothing is an idea. It's a mentality. It's the fact that most people go to their deathbed with the regret because they do all these things and they have nothing to show for it, or they build up this massive thing. They do all these things and they have all to lose. And it returns back to poverty in the second generation because they don't instill a mentality. Their, their future generations are peasants, right? They're, they're soft, they're weak. And that doesn't seem to be you. You've got a lion photo in the background uh, of your office there. And so for you, what kind of comes to mind or maybe what's on your heart when you think about all for nothing and ensuring that you don't go to your deathbed and say, I just did all this shit for nothing and or you build up something massive because clearly you've already done that and you're not slowing down. What, what kind of comes to mind? What comes to heart? Yeah. So I think like on a personal level, um, you know, if, if I, uh, in my life, I'm grateful that I was just given this life. And so I, I want to live that out. And despite what resource or, you know, outcomes that creates, that's not all for nothing. That's worth it. Um, because, because of how I live the life that I was first given. Right. So I think there's that piece and then more of what you're alluding to in terms of like, you know, legacy, you know, I, I've got my, my kids like building a world impacting family, um, you know, uh, them having a trust and access to resource and whatever, man, I, um, I want them beyond anything to have character, uh, to have wisdom. Um, though if you, unfortunately, um, how those are acquired generally are not through an easy path. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I have, th that's like a whole other conversation, maybe on the next episode, we can get into that of, you know, like, you know, r raising men, raising women, raising leaders, uh, in our, our family, we call them uh, champions, letting the, we're, there's a champion that was placed within you and it's learning how to let that champion out and be free and, you know, being more yourself in that way. And, um, so like beyond me, man, I, I, how, how, if you look at my calendar, like you want to see someone's values, look at their bank account and look in their calendar, look where they spend their money, look where they spend their time. And I, I do my best again, not perfect, but to align my calendar in the priorities of what I say my priorities are. And what have I said? Build a lifelong marriage, world impacting family, a nine figure tech company. Well, when I wake up, the first thing I do is, you know, I, I seek my heavenly father, like I'm, I'm reading verses, I'm processing, meditating, praying, you know, basically getting a download instruction of, you know, what's going, Hey, how, how do you need me to serve today? That's step number one. Step number two is I'm with my, my wife and I'm with my, my family, taking them to school, making, you know, food or we're doing, we have uh, five things. First we'll do breath. Then we'll, we'll move our body. Then we'll drink water. Then we'll eat food and then we'll learn one new thing. You know, that's morning routine. And so we do that. And then I get into my work day. 
um, more than not, majority of the time. So my calendar reflects my actual priorities in that order. Um, and it's so painful, dude. I want to get up and I just want to work. I really do. Like, I just like let I might from fresh, let me write some copy, let me close some deals, let me get this. That is like the sacred time where I can build and I can get ahead and I can achieve the most, right? But those are my priorities. Um, I'm I'm building uh, you know. I got I the values I'm building, you know, my uh, spiritual life and, and connection. I'm building my marriage. And those are the things, business will come and go, but, you know, those things I want to be around and last longer. So that, that's part of the legacy, man. It's all for nothing. It's how I live each day. It's how I live year by year. And it's also what I'm instilling in them that will, you know, and hopefully, as we've talked about, the culture and connection that is associated with Chris Baden will last well beyond you know myself to serve uh, other people let's go <laughs> let's go that was a lot man dude we this was a good one man we freaking hit this one hard dude i had a blast bro i appreciate you taking this was not all for nothing <laughs> this was not all for nothing i think they're going to get some value from this and much respect man much respect this game is not easy uh life is uh you know fun but there's ups and downs same with business uh kids and a wife and team members and partners and yeah, dude, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's humbling. <laughs> it's not, it's not easy, man. So always much respect for someone that's been in the arena and they've been in the arena for quite some time and they got something to show for it and some scars and they're real and authentic. So uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I great, grateful for you having me on, man. Absolutely. And for those that want to connect with you, I'll have like your socials and whatnot. I know you said you suck at, at Instagram, uh, but they'll they'll get a flow chat that will hit them up. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you can find me on Instagram. This is the Chris Baden. And just, uh, I know we were talking about this before, like a gift, an offering uh, would be if you DM me the word script, I can share uh, some of the scripts and strategies that we've used. Um, to uh, that ended up doing over $2 million in sales in the first 21 months. It's 79 pages. It's just a Google Doc. You're going to send me, you're going to DM me a word and I'm just going to send you, there's no opt-in. I'm just going to send you a resource. Like my only ask is that you just use it and go make a lot of money with it. You don't, you can do it manually. You don't need any tech. You can just apply the thing and make money and uh, benefit from it, not just for you, but also for your, your family and those around you. I just DM'd it to you right now, so... Well, better not be lying. <laughs> no, I'm not. You'll get it. You'll get it. Well, I appreciate you, man. 